1: theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome to The Working Artist Project. My name is Darian Douglas, and tonight, uh, I'm by myself. I'm usually here with Gregory Aji, but he is on the road with Michael Blueblade. So I'm running solo tonight. I might be solo for the next couple weeks, but it's gonna be just as good, y'all. Tonight, our guest is a very interesting person. His name is Conscious. And uh, he's a multidisciplinary artist, entrepreneur, crypto expert, and, you know, everybody calls him a modern-day philosopher. Uh, He's also the co-founder of Bonfire Radio, so y'all make sure y'all Google that and check it out. Um, But without further ado, I would like to welcome Conscious to the show.
1: What's good, Cos? Yo, what's good? What's good, man? Shutting man, uh, I just came from the park, hanging out with a friend of
0: mine. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, try to
1: get some vitamin D out there.
0: <laughs> well, look, man, it's a good day to do it. it. Was it was nice? I was out there taking a walk with my um, my wife and my little baby earlier. Nice, so, you know, nice, nice. Yeah.
1: Get that air, man. That shit is important. You gotta breathe, man. Been wearing masks no, for so long. You <sighs> got no shallow breathing. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Look, man, I I, I do wanna. Oh, before we start. Yeah, I can kinda hear your TV in the background. Maybe you can You can uh, hear me
1: in the back? That's crazy.
0: I I can hear the TV. It's all good. It's the way it goes sometimes. But look, man, let's jump right into it. Man, I, yeah. I, I'm curious about I wanna talk about NFTs tonight. Okay. Uh, if we can if we can just kind of cover the basics for the people who don't know. Okay. Um, and, and I'll just tell them. NFT stands for non fungible token. token,
1: yeah,
0: right. Which, which, which <laughs> sounds confusing. So if you could just right. give us the base, give us the
1: basics. I mean, you know what? I think the easiest way that it's been explained is non fungible, meaning that there's only one, right? Can't be duplicated, not be replicated. It is special because of that. But fungible is a dollar or a five dollar bill. You can exchange this five for another five because it's fungible. That means you can, you know, every dollar is worth another dollar. You know, people can exchange and exchange it. But when it comes to non-fungible items, it's saying digitally there's one. And the reason why we know that to be true is because it's backed by blockchain and, and, you know, that ledger that says, oh, this was inserted at this time, this date. You can't go, it's immutable. You can't go backwards. You can't do anything like that. Um, The other thing important to know is that NFT just means NFT, it's not art. There are a lot of things that can be tokenized, and we'll see that's our future. Our future is tokenization of deeds and, and titles and, um, you know, all the things that we need to have real security on, you know, and that people can't mess with.
0: You know, I think what I, what I heard was like the, the most, I guess, simple way to think about it is kind of like baseball cards. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you think about a Michael Jordan or or a basketball card, Michael Jordan rookie card from 1980, mm-hmm. whatever, you got it. It's the last one. It's one of one. Right. You know what I mean? Or sometimes they make cars like that. Maybe they make a Ferrari, mm-hmm. but they only make 10 of them. Right. So that drives the value up. And that's kind of the same premise for the NFT space. Right.
1: Yeah. The Mona, the Mona Lisa is one. Right. Or maybe two or three. <laughs> As, as far as we know.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but for NFTs, we know for sure that there is only one.
1: Right, right. And then all, other people are doing things where they're pairing that one NFT to something in the real world. So you may buy an NFT and you unlock the actual painting.
0: I see. Cool. Okay.
1: But I mean, I think I, I, I wonder about that because um, depending on how you do it, what if somebody then sells the existing NFT connected to the painting. You know what I mean? Like there has to be something within the contract that says that this is that. And I feel like ultimately those um, NFTs need to not be burned, but they need to be deactivated in such a way that they, you know what I mean? Like a person can't just resell that same one. Cause I've purchased a thing before and I still have the NFT and I actually have the shirt. I'm never going to put it back on the market, but what happens if someone else puts it back on the market, you know what I mean? Will they then send the owner of that, the person who created it, an email saying, hey, I want my shirt?
0: I see. Yeah. Yeah, they, that mean? gets complicated. That mm-hmm. gets complicated.
1: So there's I'm, things. I'm, I mean, it's very early. So there's different things we have to consider that are going to happen down the line.
0: Right. Why Why do you think that this technology is important? Like, what? Why do you think that it's
1: disruptive? I think, oh, man. Oh, now all of a sudden I got... Messages coming in, never have any sounds. I, I mean, honestly, it's just the it's the trajectory we're going in. It's just digital thing, you know, a cashless society. And I think it's important for us, especially of us that are in America, to look outside of America for information, to learn about it and see where it's already been implemented for years now. Like what other countries are doing and where countries are going. Because the, uh, the, the global awareness from America is very slim, you know what I mean? And our, our narrative is pushing in directions where everybody else is the enemy. Now, sure, we might have some issues with China, but China is also doing a lot of things that we should probably be doing to benefit the people here. So you kind of, I I just feel like, well, this is just the next thing. You know, you've, you, you grew up in an analog age and things change. You know what I mean? And also, to be honest, with the change in technology it's brought back some of the old things we said were obsolete we live in a world we don't know what it is until we decide to make it that world so i just feel like this is where we are this is where we're going and there's billions and trillions of dollars going into this new shift in how technology our new internet so to speak as they call ethereum and whatnot so it's just it's inevitable man we're creating this you know
0: yeah I had an interesting um, situation come up for myself in in this space where uh, I got a phone call to interview Tory Lanez, you know the rapper. Mm-hmm. And before so Tory they did the thing before they, yeah he, yeah. he, so, he sold well, no no this was after he oh okay. anyway he, so he sold he sold fifty I think a, a million records in fifty two seconds or something like that right on the block on the blockchain and so you know. He was kind of promoting that. And so I got called to interview him. And, and, and I, not for this, but for something else. And, and I, I was like, man, this is very interesting because they, he was saying how he would have to go on the road to make money, but now he has a way to make money without performing. Right. Because right. he doesn't necessarily make money from streams and he doesn't Because nec- nobody's buying physical records. Right. So now what he did was he sold a million records for $1. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think it was 12 songs. The record's one bucks, one dollar, and a million people got it. And so, you know, he made money from that, which is-
1: I, did, is I didn't look concept. at it. The platform, I saw the platform because I never got too deep with it. Um, so he sold it as what? You know, on a platform that's Ethereum or what?
0: As far as I know, it's Ethereum. Like, okay. it, it's kind of it's built out like uh, Spotify. So you get on there, oh. you press play, you listen to the record. It's oh. super easy for the consumer. Right, right, which is so you just bought, Yeah. So so it's kind of like a, a look into the future, like right. so maybe platforms like Spotify mm-hmm. may branch out and change, right? As this becomes more popular, I hope so.
1: Yeah, because because the um so TikTok did that thing with that other is it Audius? I don't know how to pronounce it. Audius. No, I, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they they kind of merged on some kind of little deal to take you know TikTok. Uh, artist streaming revenue into blockchain situation, which is also interesting because what I realized during lockdown last year is that um, people made a few TikTok videos with a few of my older songs. And I was like, oh, I done left money on the table. What, there's money? I can go. (laughs) So I had to get me a TikTok account. And then what I did is I went and I checked my streams and I noticed an uptick. And it was because of the TikToks. And I was like, hmm. This is the same time that I'm thinking about taking everything off and just doing all my art in a decentralized space. Now it's like, I want to get fiat and an appreciating asset. I want both of them. I see. Give me absolutely. all of the money.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, fu- <laughs> it's funny, man, because uh, I just realized that one of our songs from, from a, a record we did like six, seven years ago, TikTokers were using it on their video because mm-hmm. we, we recorded the Price is Right theme and then a bunch of TikTokers We're using it in their videos, and I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, cool." Right. You know, so you never know how things are going. How things going to jump up? But getting back to like NFTs, like you're a visual artist. Mm -hmm. Like how how do you see that? Like we already know, like some really famous people have made a lot of millions in the NFT space. How does the regular unknown guy or mid level guy get
1: (sighs) leverage? All right. See, the thing about this change is we're just doing the same thing, only slightly modified. And one of the problems is we don't want to replicate the, the art system that was doing artists dirty. You know what I mean? I think before we even talk about like how it would affect us is artists need to get acclimated and understand what's happening. And like being the forefront of making changes, right? And being vocal, especially in a decentralized space. We messed up with streaming because we didn't show up when the labels were having conversations with tech companies, they decided the future of our music and they decided the price points. You know what I mean? And I remember as a person that was going to talk to people at all these different companies, like sitting at forums, like talking to somebody from Google, talking to somebody from Spotify and seeing maybe one or two people that were actual artists showing up. The artists aren't showing up to the BMI meetings, to the ASCAP meetings and to all the other things. So we have to establish that. In order for us for to have a voice instead of being upset later on, talking about, well, the streams, you know, we're not making no money, but you wasn't around when they made a decision. But with the art thing is like now, if you have that in mind and you have, you know, a mentality of just prosperity and wanting to be a working artist and wanting to be able to create a legacy off of that and do Amazing things with not just making the art, but you as a person in the world, you know what I mean, affecting communities with your art or your ideology around the art. You want to be in a position to to um navigate this from a space of knowledge, knowing what you're actually doing. You know what I mean? It's going to change, it has changed, it's changing people's lives in real time right now. So there's the hope for what's possible, what is actually happening in reality, and the let's not let the same thing that's already going on in the mainstream traditional art space happen here you know me as an artist i was doing well you know before lockdown like i was decided to paint 100 percent i was doing salons i had people coming by i was building a patron base and then i couldn't do that anymore because i can't bring people in close quarters i can't do the shows the same kind of way and i have a very close friend that was like you know your art is an asset, every piece of art is an asset, physical, digital, whatever. She's like, you need to tokenize your stuff. First time I even heard about that. I've been in crypto for like five years, but I didn't I didn't know crypto punk, none of that. Cause it's like, these communities are dense. Once you get in on some dev stuff and you over here talking about smart contracts, you are gonna forget the other massive things happening in crypto, right? So I'm like over here doing that. And then she says, tokenize this stuff. I try to get in some of the bigger ones, you know, that I didn't get accepted. That's the first thing, gatekeepers. So gatekeepers are already there. You know what I mean? So you have the spots where you have to um, put your art up uh, and be accepted. You know what I mean? If you want to get into these drops that these companies are doing, you know, like if you want to get on Super Rare or Makers and, um, um, I was it? I Known, uh, my brain right now. but. That, that's that tier. And then you have the Rarible that came out of nowhere where they called the Wild Wild West and everybody jumped on Rarible because like a regular motherfucker could just get on it and put his art up. And then now you have him. That's an alternative to the East and because a lot of the artists are like, I'm poor, I don't have money, I can't mint. Da-da-da-da. Then you got OpenC. Open, C. Open C is like you can mint for free. It's still on Eve. You know what I mean? There's so many different little things to be thinking about. But most importantly, is to actually have a plan around what you want to do beyond the current moment. And a lot of people get tripped up because they're putting their eggs in all, all in one basket with, with regards to a platform. Also, there are a lot of people coming into this space that never sold art. Like they, they're just now becoming artists. They're just now getting into this space of, oh, I have to sell a thing no one's just going to buy it. You know what I mean? And yeah. The, the, not, the market is, you make the market. You know what I mean? That That's an interesting point because
0: <clears throat> if you have a young guy or w- woman coming out of college mm-hmm. and the only market they know is this market, they're in, in a matter of a year or two, they're going to be in a, at an advantage Right. For, on a person like, like you or me, who you say, we're analog. We right. came up playing <laughs> Sega, <laughs> you, know, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like we have a different way of thinking, but if they like, oh, this is what it is, Right. you know, then they're gonna adapt and come up with new ideas and be able to to swim upstream a little, hopefully, little
1: bit. Hopefully, hopefully, you know what I mean? Because even with the younger people, there's a mentality. A lot of people's ideologies are, are, are falling into so that they're, they're, they're approaching things with a, with a, with this idea of the narrative that already exists, you know, that's kind of like, has people at, at disadvantages, you know what I mean? And it's like, all right, instead of bringing that wholeheartedly into this new space, just represent the, the thing that you want it to be. So like you have the opportunity because we, in some spaces we are decentralized and we don't have gatekeepers and we're making decisions. I mean, just like all of the art, Artists going in hand and making that decision has pushed the price of Tezos up. And people who weren't making money because they're competing with um, PFPs, and, you know, profile images and, and apes and stuff like that. <laughs> they're making money over here because people are specifically going over there. There are collectors and artists that want to collect the stuff, you know. I think we have to really learn in order to take full advantage of what we can in this future, what the potential is. We're gonna have to throw away, we're not gonna forget the traditional ops, you know, world of analog. We're gonna learn from that. And we're gonna look, this is missing, let's do it here. This is what we need to do here. This is what we're gonna set up here. Here are the parameters, you know what I mean? To break the constructs, because it's the that construct thinking that's keeping us from surviving or thriving in a new place. So give a brand new place that you can do anything in and you still talking about what they're doing over there? You gotta stop and move this
0: way. Like what's, what do you think is the, the one thing
1: or, or the main things that need to change? I think our attitudes towards art and what art is, you know? Having a clear understanding of what it has been and the different structural things that make things the way they are. It's like institutional art stuff, you know what I mean? Um, everything from the, the whole complex of people going to art school you know what I mean? Like, that cash thing. It's just like college. College is, that's money. To put people in institution. Now, not preparing for whatever the hell comes after the institution to pay a bill, maybe. So, we have to think in terms of changing the way we're looking at the thing, right? Instead of, again, being stuck. Did you freeze? Oh, no, you just...
0: No, stopped, I'm here. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm just listening. You know listening. what I mean? So,
1: like, that's a big part. Like the mentality is really... The, the mentality that I'm a small artist has to change, that I don't have control. So it's basically, it's all the things that's keeping people in general not reaching their potential, their doubts, their existential crises and these things right there. It's no different. It's just now we're in this space with this abundance that can be, but we still have a mentality of, I don't know where to start. No one's paying attention to me. And I, a lot of times we use social media as the place to kind of, Disseminate our material. A lot of times I tell artists, I was like, you need to understand that if you're on Twitter, don't take it personal if people aren't buying art because you have 5,000 followers and only 100 impressions for the things you tweet. So again, the knowledge of how those tools work before getting a mentality and telling a story that no one likes my art, no one fucks with me, because that's what people tell themselves. Everyone's a hater. Bro, no, it's you just misuse social media half the time. You know what I mean? You still got an egg for your profile picture. So, like, if we get in a space (laughs) of tightening up all the things that we need to do and learning how to be better social, you know, we might not want to do it, but you can't complain about the things that we have available, if you're not trying to do it in a different way, or maybe you have to find something else to do, you know, because it's not gonna come easy. It's not, none of this is easy. It's simple, but not easy.
0: And so so through the pandemic, you, you kind of leaned on this blockchain technology and you kind of leveraged it in your favor. Like,
1: what, what do you think, what, what did you do exactly? All right, so first and foremost, a friend was like, you need to tokenize your art. So I was like, all right, let me take myself on and I tried to get on to the bigger spots that you hear everybody talk about, you know what I mean? But I didn't get accepted. I got you know, rejected, whatever. So I get on Rarible, which was one of them. I start making some sales. And um, you gotta remember, this is all new. Rarible was a few months old when I got on it last year. Um, HEN just is like half, like was six months old or something like that, I don't even know. Like the other platform that people were using on it, TZO's. And I remember, I said, well, all this art is, these are all assets, okay? I'm going to tokenize stuff and I'm going to get into this space. But here's the thing. In 2017, when I was heavy in crypto, I was just doing my regular crypto stuff. I started making art in my phone because I was in the in-between of me figuring out what I would do with my real pieces, like the abstraction I paint. So instead of being on a train, playing games and stuff, I'm either reading or I got, I'm i making stuff. I had made a lot of work. So the first pieces that I tokenized were not new work or anything. It was stuff from 2017. And then I said, oh, light bulb. I have all this work. I had already created a moniker and everything and built, a, a, built like a community around digital art already. So it was like like literally sitting there. So last year, I just get back into my accounts. I start minting and I continue to build that platform that I was building to expose other artists. You know what I mean? And that was very beneficial. I kept doing that, you know, but at the same time as the the market moves, ebbs and flows, I'm like, while I can't sell paintings in person, I'm going to take these pieces that I made digitally that are tokenized. Now I'm going to start making prints of this art. So now I've introduced prints of a different style to this new, to my old base of patrons. So I've just added more, you know what I mean? So I just keep thinking in those terms, like, what can I do? What am I doing different? So, you know what I mean? There's some gear, there's different stuff out in the world. And I saw it as an opportunity. And then those times where it was dips, I got a, crypto brain. So I'm doing crypto stuff. I'm doing trades and you know what I mean? Like that. So like the days I'm not making sales, I see an opportunity to make some money off of an art coin. And I start using Uniswap and doing the liquidity pools. So the liquidity pool is just basically you put in a certain amount of ETH or whatever, and then you pair it, whatever the other coin you're trying to boost up. Once you've got that in there, you make money off the fees every time someone makes a transaction. So Rarible drops all these coins on these people that have been using the service. And those coins, the price is going up. Meanwhile, I'm like, everybody wants to trade out of that. Let me go provide liquidity, get money from it. And so I'm always finding different ways. That's why I said at the beginning, the most important thing is for artists to start thinking in terms of finance or or money, you know, just like in the regular world, you need to be thinking about, am I going to build some assets? Am I going to buy some land? What are the things that I need to do other than this to sustain myself, to create the legacy I want and to be able to leave something to anybody behind me? It's not going to be working, you know, and everybody's heard that before, but, um, yeah, it's it's interesting, bro. You just got to start thinking. <laughs> you got to think in a way you never thought before.
0: Because you you know what happens as artists a lot of times, we are so consumed with the creation of our art. Right. And and so you you know, and I think there is a period in your life where that needs to happen. Where you just like the only thing that I can focus on, like I'm a drummer, is is playing music and for you painting. And you go and you go into that cave, but you, you, maybe you shouldn't be like that. At least in today's society, you cannot yeah. be like that right. forever. Right, right. You got to come out, look around and say, okay, how can I monetize my creations?
1: Right, right. Because where, where is the no value? one else is going to do it, you know, and it's, and you'll just be stuck. You know, it's very important. And it's like, you don't have to just go ham, know what you need to know. So you can be a part of the conversation. So things won't come to you as a surprise. You know, anybody, like, man, I should. I knew I should have did. No, just you know, or study at at a snail's pace. You know what I mean? There's so much information, but like at least know the terminology. So for me, before even crypto, I was like, I established this thing called um, Put Market One On One, and I was like, as an adult, relearning about my finances. Because when I was younger, I was into it. I, I but I didn't have anybody in my family ever to do that. Maybe there's one family member that had a business or one family member that knew anything about stock. But most of them, is just their 401k, they don't touch it, they don't mess with it, they don't manipulate their mutual funds or anything. So they don't really know anything. For me, I had that awareness, but I didn't have the money and I didn't have anybody to back it up. So I kind of got away from it. But seeing the future, I was like, well, let me get back to it. So we get to Hood Market 101 and it's me sharing my experience as an adult relearning about finances and saying, hey, we can all do this thing, you know, Um, but that's what's missing from artists like that, that part of the, I need to do this. It needs to be a priority. But, you know, artists are also fighting. Honestly, they're fighting this, I don't say trauma, but some of it is trauma, but they're fighting this idea because they've been taught growing up that you can't be successful from this anyway. So the other thing just in terms of being successful is like, you're learning how to get over these blocks. So if you person that goes to therapy, go to therapy, but learn how to do these things so that you're not fighting that because opportunity will show up. But now <sighs> I got all these things I'm holding on to me saying I can't. So now I'm fighting that at night and can't sleep and I can't produce the art that I want to produce. So that's big part of all of this. The success in anything is to establish like where you are and who told you who couldn't. You know what I mean? And getting back to it because now I'm just thinking. I'm laughing. I'm 42, laughing at like how you know I sell JPEGs. It's Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this that sentence is, You know, the, the crazy JPEGs. thing. The
0: the crazy thing about NFT, you, you know, people maybe you, people who listen to this don't know, but a lot of times artists sell JPEGs. Like, it, and sometimes people sell those JPEGs that, that from like, that look like those video games in 1990. Mm. And when I first saw it, I was like, people are buying this for a thousand dollars. This is crazy as hell. It's a JPEG, it's this big on your phone. That's that's it, there's no, like, how do you explain that?
1: Man? Well, it's levels to it. Cause you got to think about this. You got to think about one, that's why I'm like, you got to dive into the space to understand it. One thing no one ever talks about is when you're in crypto, you're not thinking about dollars anymore. So you're not thinking about in terms of dollars. It's like, it's not about, because the goal is never to, I don't, man, I feel like an asshole when I got to cash in crypto to buy something on this other side. To a depreciating asset, like really? I'm trading this money that's worth more than that so I can go pay something. So. It's important to understand one, that a lot of people have been in crypto for years and years and years. For somebody that bought ETH at $30, 50 ETH is not a lot if they have a thousand ETH. So there's a again, there's this breaking up of the reality that's here versus the reality we know. And um that's a big part of it. Also, one of the things that you that you get into, you get deeper into actually what we don't really find in like music arts because there's a lot of ego more there when it comes to like fringe places of art and specific kind of like um uh, subcultures in within art punk you know what i mean trash that stuff it's an exchange of energy and you've been hearing that for a long time like oh money is an exchange everything's energy right But you start not thinking about the price and you start thinking about just just an exchange for a thing that I like in the moment. Now, some of us want to keep it forever. Some of us are looking at it as an asset as well. And if we could flip it, we could sell it down the line. So it's challenging to have this conversation with people if you already financially don't have a mind about money or how money works or even just the history to where we get to this point. And the other part is because people are looking at it USD. They're going like, that's crazy. I don't know how. Yeah, but again, if you have 10,000 ETH and you spend 100 ETH, don't matter. These are people that got in way early. It's like you saying, damn, I bought I bought Apple 20 years ago. Right. You good. <laughs> and you still holding Apple after the split. <laughs> you, you're sitting on a heap over here. And th- that thinking is hard to have until you align yourself with what creates wealth and not just on an angry level of, I hate billionaires and all this other stuff, because there's a whole lot of people that have been building wealth off of their businesses, off of their smartness, off of their building with family and communities. We need to be putting more energy in in that situation instead of just being mad and just saying, well, this is all terrible because of Jeff Bezos. It's like, Jeff Bezos used to sell books, bro. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> That's a good which the point you just made was beautiful. And it's something that honestly I didn't think about was I was like, I mean, how are these people buying this for this much money? But I'm thinking in dollars mm-hmm. and like you said, they're holding Ethereum. Right. And and they bought Ethereum, you know, at the beginning for 30 bucks or less right. or whatever. Right. And so it's it's really nothing to them. And they're just trying to find a way to spend it right. in the blockchain. Right. So to, to further that so that mm-hmm. now they can pay their rent off the blockchain. Because right. if they do that, then they can realize the wealth that they've gained
1: versus like you said,
0: right. trading it out for a dollar.
1: Yeah, which is- which it, depreciates Bro, that, the that shit hurts. And they gotta pay all these fees to get it out over here to this, you know what I mean? Just not, yeah. this terrible dollar that they keep printing that's all of this is all an idea and a belief, everything. So you can't argue with people that are doing crypto and then still be over here spending dollars like that's real, like bro, chill out.
0: <laughs> Man, the, the the fee the fee structure for cryptocurrency I think is is gonna, is right now, inhibiting its growth. If if you can kind of talk about like, the, in my opinion, the like the gas prices and kind of explain what what that is. What
1: I think though is what it what it does is like when they talk about free market. Now, because this, that's why you have all these talk about the Ethereum killer. So when there's a problem, and this is the thing that I found in crypto is unlike any other space, in tech, when there's a problem, there's someone trying to solve that shit immediately. You know what I mean? So like when people were talking about, oh man, uh, the carbon footprint and everything. So there was like a month where everybody was yelling, they were doxing artists, saying artists, you don't care about the planet. Tezos. all these other alternatives they pop up right if they're good if they're really great and they build a community around it guess what now you have another so you got footlock locker you got foot action you you know you got a th- you got different sneaker places to get the sneaker you want you know what i mean so like as it this happens someone has to solve the problem so you have first layer second layer you know, I'm not going to even go there, but so you have these different spaces that serve a lot of purposes. You have a lot of different blockchains that are now. It's like yo, when you when you go to Jersey and you take there's the PATH train, and you take you might take the Methyl North to the PATH train, take the PATH train, and then you've got New Jersey Transit. They're all in New Jersey, but they're different lines. When you go to Japan, it's literally the same situation where like you ride this train. These motherfuckers are not even connected, but they're in the same space and they speak English if you're in, you know, if you're in Tokyo. So you're good. And it will help you get on another train. You know what I mean? But that's what a free, a true decentralized free market is about. It's about, damn, this shit costs too much. Here's an alternative. And then you got uh, Ethereum that has their updates. So they had their update. Gas went down considerably. But here's more Here's more billions and close to trillions of dollars coming from the banks and everybody else that's ready for this next change in digital currencies. Plus, the NFT shit burns up. So now here we go. The prices go back up. But what does that open you up for? It opens you up to go to Tez. It opens you up to go to Solana. It opens you up to all these other spaces. You know what I mean? So, like again, not only is the market growing because there's a desire and there's a demand for lower gas fees and other kinds of things about privacy or security, you have to have the mind of thinking, okay, well, maybe as an artist, I got some stuff, OG stuff on ETH. Let me get my stuff on HIN. Let me position myself in different blockchains and establish some time in these spaces, understanding technology and go, actually, it's time to evaluate the art that I actually have and where it's best suited to be. So these are opportunities for you to start thinking, because if you've been putting all your eggs in one basket, all you can do is be like mad that gas prices went up. You know what I mean? So like, it's going to happen. And it's the thing that understand, and I, because we've never been there, because I wasn't there, I wasn't a dot-com era person making money, but we literally are in something that is changing every day, every week. It's not established. It was like we are building the foundation for a thing. So you're, it's like, we we want this immediacy to something to be fixed that they just made. (laughs) But you know
0: (laughs) know, (laughs) what? It's crazy. That's the American way, man. I I was gonna say the beautiful thing, uh, although the dollar is flawed, but the beautiful thing about the, the system that we have now is in America, there's one. It's just all right, You got dollars. That's it. You go to Europe. You got the euro. Uh, you know. You know. And so that helps people. You know, because people don't want to think about it. They just want to have. They just want to have Ethereum. Go to the store and spend it. They don't. So, do you think it limits your thinking
1: around it though too? Because that's the thing about global currency. We should be able to exchange and not rely on the one dollar. We should be able to do different things and it should be interchangeable. And and what's happening on blockchain is the bridges. So I will wrap my ether so I can do stuff over on, on top of Bitcoin. So these things are developing. So like now you don't have to stick in one place because that's how they get you. You're forced to use something. You're forced. So, so you, you don't, yeah. you
0: don't think, you don't think that the blockchain will eventually get to that place where there's one or two and then that's it. Not, I
1: mean, not the way it's growing now unless it gets taken over by a one world government you know what i mean <laughs> like you know what i mean oh, like man.
0: it's we about to go down a rabbit hole
1: <laughs> it's but it's 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 built and growing and especially that's why you have something open source for people to be like nah i'm fucking with it let me do let me do my version of the thing or let me solve a problem you know what i mean cuz think about going from bitcoin to ethereum two different whatever now bitcoin they trying to they're, they're trying to build on top of it. I got a fucking CryptoPunk on, on, on Bitcoin uh, through the Stacks network. You know what I mean? So, like, you can stack Stacks to acquire Bitcoin. Wow. It's it's like major networks. You know what I mean? It's not one channel. It used to be three. Then you went to more TV channels. Then you got cable. Then you got satellite. And that's how we have to think. Like, there's billions of us. There's already 63 million people that have accounts with, like, Coinbase. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm
0: one of them. I got one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because that was the easiest way to get in. That was the quickest, easiest way to get out, too. But the question is, do you want them custodian your bigger sums? Do you want to just get your shit in a ledger? You know what I mean? Like throw all your Bitcoins and something that you hold or keeping it on the paper. But we have choices. That responsibility now for us to be responsible and to have the sovereignty where our money is coming. That's what's scary. No, no, Nobody wants to deal with that. But, um, yeah, no, it, the, the possibilities are open for us to to grow in a way that we can. It's just about the outliers, the people that that decide to develop a thing and then get a community behind it, and then go on a campaign to explain to people how this is important, how this will matter, how this will change and evolve people's world. A lot of time that's not part of the package. Somebody might have a great pro- program, but they don't know how to disseminate the information to the people and it never really excels where it needs to. That's the way we have to start thinking. Like we want people to get this. Now we have to speak their language and we have to make it work for them. And, um, we, we just don't know. Everything's speculation.
0: Yeah. My man, Lummy just wrote in the comments. He said he, (laughs) he, he was on Coinbase, Binance, and Clever all at once.
1: For real. For real, bro. I I was on, on Bitrex and I was mad that I couldn't trade on it no more because of New York. (laughs) <laughs> it's was like, you got to get your coins off of here. New York is like, nah, I can't do that no more here.
0: Right. Terrible. But you, oh, let me ask you a, like a, a, a question about the government. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> so, okay. So, so dig this. We just went through a major pandemic and the government bailed us out. Now in a, in a, in a world where we have a decentralized monetary system, I think that that is impossible because the government will no longer have control over the market to say, let's pump money.
1: Let's take money. out. You know what I mean? Is that good or bad? I I mean, I don't know if it's good. First of all, I don't even use the terms good or bad. Things are desirable or undesirable. You know what I mean? Okay, All right. All right. If you just crystallize it as good or bad, you don't go too deep and you don't explore things that might be the options. You know what I mean? So I won't say good or bad, and I can't speculate on it, you know, as to what's going to happen. But what I know is that the government is folding in the direction of it. I mean, as far as this government goes, because that's the thing you got to think about. When you say government, you talking about America? You talking about China? Are you talking about right Europeans. I'm talking about the, yeah, I'm talking American, about the American government. government. American yeah. government? I don't know, bro. Like, it's funny because, um, first of all, Let's think about all of the big institutional money that's involved. These people are involved with the government as well. So, like, right now, there's a situation. Basically, it's like government is trying to figure out how do we do this because we got to, because we're behind. First of all, America is behind on every fucking thing. Okay? So let's not get that twisted. We're behind. Because if we weren't, we wouldn't be crying about half the shit we're crying about and suffering over here. We're behind. Meanwhile, there's another country. There's other countries that are doing things, implementing things, deciding that this is a currency. I mean, back as far as 2018, Japan was like, "Yeah, that's good. Bitcoin, good. We got Bitcoin here." China been walking around with the phone, not exchanging money. Certain parts of Europe not doing it. So, in order for this government to continue to function, they're gonna have to do something. And it's funny that it took the pandemic. To speed up, actually, some of the stuff Yang was talking about when he was running for president. was talking about the universal basic income, talking about autonomous vehicles, all these different things. The pandemic sped it up. So, like, maybe things that were supposed to happen five years from now, they already started happening right now. Absolutely. So no one is to say, like, I mean, I don't know how many years America has as a civilization leader. Is it a baby? Is it about to die? It really depends on the things that we do. You know what I mean? Uh, and overall changing our awareness and our situation, the way we look at the world. Unfortunately, by default, most of us just do not think about the world we actually want to see. That's a lot of work, you know, and it's hard. It's really, it's it's challenging to get out of a certain mentality because that's the mentality that blocks you from putting out that idea for getting that thing patented, you know what I mean, for having these greater conversations and reaching out to communities not of your own. Those are the things that change. So we get change, but it trickles. Because like we do the hardest shit instead of just doing the things, the self-reflection that we don't want to do and going hard, going ham, changing people's lives. Like, you know, I I can't tell you. I don't know. All I know is right now. I'm just, you know, trying to stock up on my things and I want to have my house. You know what I mean? Or or my bunker under the ground. Like whatever I got to do.
0: No, I hear you on that.
1: Or get on a on a ship with bet, and no, I'm not getting, I'm not going to no planet. That's it. Don't, <laughs> don't go with Bezos. <laughs> or
0: Elon. Elon and Bezos trying to trying to get you on Mars.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't really. I'm good. I'm good. It's, I haven't even seen this whole planet.
0: Right. You know what
1: I, mean? <laughs> I have so much shit to see here.
0: But I you know, I, I do wanna get circle back and just kind of key if you had to key in on some some things that you wanna artists to, to hear about this new technology? Like what would be like three things that you could just to convince cast to step into it, uh, and, and try to explore it and leverage it for their own careers?
1: I would say for me personally, like a lot of people, you hear the stories. It definitely had a, a, a big, big change in my life. Definitely helped to add to the trajectory where I was going, the mentality I already had, um, to see the future, to be in a space where things can change for an artist. Artists, before you sell something, you sold it, that's it. Now you can create something and you can get residuals, you can get you know, royalties down the line. If it, if it sells in secondary markets, it's not to say it's gonna sell in the secondary market, but as an artist, even in a traditional sense, you have to put yourself in a position in order to make value for your own work, because me as an artist, my whole shit is like, I'm I'm doing the work that I need to do so that the people that own my stuff down the line, that's an asset for them, really an asset for them. Whether they like it just because they love it or they want to keep it and be able to trade up for something in the future. So it's my responsibility as an artist to show that I'm dedicated, I'm consistent, and I'm doing the things that I need. Place me out there, same thing in the digital space. You know what I mean? Like you have control over that part of your future. I say, just like with everything else, to immerse yourself in a learning experience with what the future is. Compare and contrast to what the, what the past has been. Think about how you could use this to change things that you don't like currently in a traditional art sense. That's the work you have to do regardless. You know what I mean? And if anything, just be knowledgeable. So. You can't make an excuse in the future when you go, damn, I should have. Be knowledgeable. Don't be the person that's bitter and mad when everybody else is thriving or purporting to be thriving, and you're just sitting there like looking at IG like, I could have been a contender. Like, what could, you know? I think it's it's very important to know that. And then also, as an artist, um, to, you know how people say, just in relationships, you learn how to have people treat you by what you ask for and the way you are. And as an artist, we need to change the narrative. We need to change the narrative from starving artists to art is only good art because of pain. That's stupid. Uh, that's that's just idiotic. You know what I mean? Let's let's get over romanticizing and lamenting over the what was it. and this this thread of ideas. Well, Van Gogh, you die poor and all these, but well, you don't have to to continue regurgitating these things because we're stepping into a new space and a new time where we again have an opportunity. And we had it before because I'm an outsider artist, you know what I mean? The a few weeks ago, I did a show in an empty apartment. I hung about 62 pieces. I, I sold some stuff and, you know, built a new patron base. I had patrons bring patrons, you know what I mean? So. A lot of people go, wow, you did that? I'm like, yeah, it was an empty apartment, I hung art in it, that's not a big deal. And I understand people don't necessarily think that way, but we need to be thinking that way. We need to be really honest about what we're doing. Also, we gotta ask ourselves, why am I doing this shit? You know, (laughs) am I part of the tropes? You know, I'm a black queer person. I'm gonna do art and I'm gonna this. Maybe you could just fucking be a pharmac- you know, pharmacologist or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> Let's get down to the heart of why we're doing this art. Cause a lot of times you ask artists questions, they don't really have good answers. Like I ask an artist, like, where do you want to see your art? Where do you want your art to live? How do you want it to affect the world? And then you you can't live and survive talking about I just do this shit for myself. Then why are you trying to sell it? Who are you selling it to? So our mentality around that has to change, you know what I mean? Like, yo, we have an opportunity every day to do something different. You know, I wanna do things differently than what I was wanting to, because a lot of that failed. A lot of that shit in the past is terrible. And I had to work, wake myself out of these beliefs that someone from the past gave me that I was still living with presently and not being successful.
0: I you love know, that man. It's just that's
1: it's work, yeah. bro. Self
0: work. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely you you know
0: you absolutely right, man. Who who um, are the artists that you see now in the digital scene that you think are you know people should go check out and support?
1: Let me see. Let me pull up this thing real quick. I'm gonna tell you. So last year I was um I was going hard buying certain people's stuff. A lot of female artists. Um. I was building like a, I was building a gallery. And um, let me see, I'm going to pull up. Let me see who's in there real quick. All right. So there's, um, it's like one of my favorite artists. And she just started putting like these collection cards on. Um, her name is Ann Ahoy. Ann Ahoy. Yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can pull that up. Yeah, Ann Ahoy. So it's A N N A H O Y. Okay. And, um, she's got some interesting pieces. And and like when I first got into like getting back into that account um, on Twitter, I was doing a lot of just like DMs, talking to these different people and whatnot. A lot of them are not from America. There's a lot of European folks. Some people from Middle East. Uh, and it, and I just was having these great conversations and I was enjoying the art. A lot of these are younger artists too. Um, she's like one of my favorite. Uh, also, just on some outside of artists, if you look up B-R-R-R, <laughs> this has got a crazy, crazy name. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Now, all of a sudden, the internet doesn't work, right? <laughs> Wants to make a fool out of me.
0: Um, I was just over here on Twitter looking up Anna Hoy, man. Her art is is beautiful, man. So,
1: and she's got a story behind it, you know? And that's important, artists. If you're watching this, what's your story? You know what I mean? Um, what can you tell people? What do you offer people? When, when we get into rooms and, I, like, even with the art show that I did, it was conversations, and I was trying to learn. When people were drawing and had a visceral response to a piece, I needed to know why. And some of them didn't know, you know. And and me, I started working on, like, these art therapy um, kind of modules where we can examine things. Like, me as an artist, I'm like, why am I scared to paint with red? What the fuck is that about? You know what I mean? So, like, we start asking different questions. We have an opportunity to, like, use this art to help heal people, use this art to get people to think in a way that they normally don't so that in the real world, they can take what they've learned in the art world and apply it to their finance or their relationships or their community efforts. You know what I mean? There's so many things that can be learned within the arts that you can apply that is just like, oh my God. Um, There's pixelitis. Yeah, P-I-X-E-L-L-I-T-I-S-T. And Pixelitis is very interesting, got a lot of different stuff going on.
0: That's a whole scene of artists on Twitter. Yeah. Which which to me seems counterintuitive. It seemed like they would be more on Instagram.
1: See the one other thing about the Instagram, and I think you should have an account. Oh, his account is um it's it's Burr on Chain. So it's B R R R On Chain, who he's done a few pieces, but I know him personally. He's been basically he's one of those community people. So like he wants to support other artists. He buys a lot of art um, and talks about stuff on his timeline, just like projects that are cool. And he dips into not just the art, but the the trading aspect, you know, similar to me. Like me, it's like one day I'm all ham on the NFT projects, but in uh, any other time I'm more like, what's going on in DeFi, what's happening. Like I got a, ho- I, like I won a horse. Like, what? I want a horse. <laughs> like a real horse? I want a, a NFT horse from Zed. Oh, okay. All right, all right. And just for anybody, this is what I'm saying a lot of artists because a lot of artists think about the art, but think about the space. Because when you make some sales, maybe you want to take some ETH and you want to invest in another piece, or you want to take some of that ETH and put it in a pool. You want to compound interest on it. You know what I mean? You want to take this ETH and maybe buy... Um, a horse. I got a horse from Zed. I want it. Um, <laughs> and I ended up selling the horse so I could do the art show. So I used that money to finance me doing the six-day art show. And then, like, the second day of me doing sales, I bought a heat press and a vinyl cutter and a bunch of other stuff that I needed. So I'm, like, constantly reinvesting in myself and because I'm already thinking ahead, like, all right, we got to get these shirts made. So let me just go ahead and buy this stuff. Um, so this is the mentality, you know, around it. So like just you just gotta stop, man. You got <laughs> there's so much evaluation of of how efficient we are, how we're using it, how we're communicating, the person that we want to be, or we being that person. Sometimes just take a goddamn break. Um yeah, pixelitis Anahoy. Um, there's another one named Danielle Doodles. She's funny. Uh, and she made this really dope David Bowie piece that I like. And I got that shit last year. I was really happy about that. It's like really beautiful art. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just so crazy. I don't even know. This is, I don't even know, man. Like I'm, every day I wake up like, yo, you know what? I'm out here just playing. I'm playing, <laughs> I'm playing games. I'm doodling, I'm selling it, you know?
0: That's beautiful, man. You know, tell, tell, before, We got to get out of here in a minute, mm-hmm. but I, I want to hear about Bonfire Radio and, and kind of what that's about. And, and let the people know how they can <clears throat> link with you over there. All
1: right, so Bonfire Radio is about eight years old now. Um, co-founders, I and my creative partner, I'm actually at her crib right now because, you know, then there's some other people. Um, I was like, I'm going to come over here, join, do it, and then I'm going to get into mix it up with y'all. Um, had a little bit of wine. Uh, started the station eight years ago. Um, just an independent radio station. She had been doing radio for about 10 years before that, like FM, you know, public radio. And um, we had been working together for a long time anyway. Before that, we was doing a monthly um, show, like a, a monthly performance show, you know what I mean? So people coming down to the city and whatnot. And we just kind of built a following around it. I took over somebody's event that was called Bonfire. They wanted to get rid of the event. But you know how it is. Sometimes you start doing something, but you don't have the support. Like, everybody's like, oh, I'm down. And then you get a team of motherfuckers, and it don't always work out. So he's like, I don't want to link with the spot, because this is a good spot. You know, people, she could be doing a thing. So I was like, all right, let me see if I know anybody. take it. Call him back. I was like, yeah, I'll take that shit over. Rebranded it, restarted it, started bringing in new people. And um, that's how I ended up getting my creative partner, because somebody she was doing business with and working with, she um, worked with them. So I was like, I was hiding all of them. I was like, yo, yeah, your mans is doing my show, so y'all should hope promote that shit. And um, we went from that to me needing a host for the show. Got her, killed it, and then, you know, just working together like that for a while. And one day she was like, y'all wanna do radio. I'm like, all right. She was like, so we had another partner he was like, yeah, I want to do a night show. She want to do a day show. She's like, you want to do morning radio with me? I was like, I guess I'm going to do morning radio. So we did a morning show, a typical morning show three days a week. And that became the flagship of the station. And we built that around that, you know, community effort stuff, um, all kinds of other different things. Cause we do other um, audio uh, work, you know what I mean? Produced audio dramas, things of that nature. And just constantly doing things around sound and audio. And now, personally, after doing the morning show for six years, she took a break, she went in to do some other stuff. She's the EP at this company. She does some, like, really great work. Um, we're constantly thinking about the next thing that we're going to do. So kept running the station. We do a um, game show together, actually, on Fridays called Am I the Asshole? And, yeah, some live radio game show. And I continue to do radio. So, like, I do, um, I do a Friday feeling show, two hours of music every Friday, new music, getting people into it, and then Saturdays, Sundays, because of the lockdown, I had started doing a thing called Sunday service uh, for all those people that couldn't get to the mosque, couldn't get to the, you know, couldn't get whatever they, they needed to, it, they place of silence for, you know, whatever. And I started doing our gospel music, changed it up a little bit. Some of it might feel a little secular, taking people in different spaces of spirit, like giving people an experience there, and then playing like inspirational talk or an interview, and a lot geared towards education, entertainment, empowerment. And then from there, um play jazz and then i do a show in the evening called the overnight three hours of music old funky shit. it's all about shared listening experience you got the chat room in there and that's what we've been building on for the last few years you know and just giving people a place to get their feet wet so you want to start broadcasting because a lot of people like podcasting is cool but doing something live is way different (laughs) like your level of preparedness is some you know what i mean yeah you gotta be on point so, we're here, uh, at least for the next few years, couple of years, you know what I mean? I said I would give it a decade. We're getting close to it.
0: <laughs> so, everybody everybody listening and watching right now, y'all go check go check my man Conscious out over at uh, Bonfire Radio. Just hit that in Google. It'll pull right up. And, uh, yeah, bro, thank you so much for coming on the Working Artist Project, man. Thank
1: you, man. Appreciate you for having me, and uh, definitely we'll talk more about some other things. Um, I was... I'll, I'll shoot you. We'll probably, probably do like some WhatsApp shit because there's like a handful of people yeah. yeah. And things are happening. i just be like, bomb, get in, get in, do this, do that. Yeah. Pop it, check it. There's money oh, here. Oh, absolutely. You know, that, you know yep. what I mean? For the absolutely. people that, that are, they're on it. I'm like, man, get that money. Yep. With them airdrops so, come, man. Get them shits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, y'all dig it. Don't forget,
0: bonfireradio.com and, uh, conscious man thank you so much and i'll catch you next yo time.
1: man i just want to say thank you and thank you for doing what you're doing because um, we need it we need this absolutely we need
0: absolutely this. thank you bro yeah all right y'all my name is darian douglas and this is the working artist project i'll catch y'all later
1: peace